If you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 23. We have been going through our series in Luke on Sunday mornings. And we have reached this section, which is very appropriate for our Good Friday service this morning. I'll offer just a few brief thoughts as we look at this section together, looking at the death of Christ. Luke 23, starting in verse 44. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had, come from him, who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. Here we find a text and a, port and a point in history that the disciples likely never expected that they would see. Here we find the death of Jesus. How is this possible? They've already seen him raise people from the dead on a couple of different occasions. The young man being taken out of the city, and Jesus touches him and he sits up and is alive again. They saw him call out Lazarus, who was dead for four days and managed to escape those things. He had escaped from crowds several times. Uh, People who had wanted to stone him, people in his own city who wanted to throw him off the cliff. And somehow, mysteriously and somewhat vaguely, the scriptures say he would pass through their midst and would escape from the murderous intentions. And I can imagine some of them might have even thought, perhaps this is one last miracle that Jesus is going to pull off. That he is going to be able to step down off of the cross, heal his body, just like all the others that he's healed over the years, and confront these Pharisees and chief priests, maybe even kick out the Romans too. But yet here it is, in the middle of the day, the sixth hour, 
The sun has refused to shine. This isn't explained by some sort of natural phenomenon. As commentators pointed out, some have tried to explain this as saying, oh, there was some sort of eclipse that took place of the sun, and that's why it was dark in the middle of the day. But the Passover follows the lunar calendar. It was a full moon. You can't have a full moon and it be in front of the sun at the same time. The full moon is lit by the sun. It would have to be on the other side of the earth, not in front of it, in order for the Passover to have taken place, for them to realize what's happening. This is a supernatural phenomenon. All creation is groaning as its master gives up his life. I'm very careful to say it that way. He is giving up his life. He is not killed. He is not outmaneuvered to have his life taken from him. This is a voluntary sacrifice that Christ gives to us. Here we have in verse 46 of Christ calling out to his father. In other passages of Scripture, we'll see him refer to God as God. Eloi, Eloi. And here he's referring to him as father. Here the relationship is as it was. Because his sin, the sins are paid for. The wrath of God has been absorbed here on this cross. And that's why we can see in verse 45 the curtain of the temple being torn in two. Remember what we read out of Hebrews? As long as that curtain is still standing, the way into holy places is not accessible. Even the high priest could only go in there once a year, and he had to make sure he brought a sacrifice with him because he wasn't worthy to go in there either. But that temple was torn from top to bottom. The way to God has been opened up. And he breathes his last. Even the centurion understands now what's happened. An innocent man has been put to death. can hear the echoes of Isaiah 53. Though he had committed no iniquity, all of our sins were placed on him. Even the crowd seems somewhat humbled by what they've come to see. Come out to see the execution of a prophet in their minds. But they're walking away, beating their breasts. Jesus is dead. And then Jesus is to be buried. And that's what we see here. And verse 50. And what a person to bury him. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a member of the council that had condemned him to death. Now, as commentators point out, the condemnation of the council was unanimous. So Joseph of Arimathea must not have been at the meeting that day. And it shows that he was seeking after the kingdom of God, likely a euphemism for wanting to be a disciple of Christ. But as you can imagine, trying to be a disciple of Christ while also being on the council that's trying to kill Jesus would be something you would need to keep to yourself. But Jesus even had a use for the secret disciples. 
as he asks Pilate for the body of Christ. He's going to take it down and wrap it. But there is a problem. Sabbath is coming up. This is a Friday in which Christ is dying. There is no work that can be done on Saturday. Days were rendered from sundown to sundown. As soon as the sun sank beyond the horizon, the Sabbath was to begin. They were to follow the command, as we saw in Exodus chapter 20. The Lord rested on the seventh day, so you rest on the seventh day as well. So they tried to wrap and get things accomplished as quickly as possible, but the work wasn't able to be finished. They weren't able to quite prepare Jesus' body quite properly. They needed to assemble more spices and more linens in order to be able to prepare his body correctly. And I can imagine that the ladies were rather frustrated by that. Here they've been following around the Savior for these many years. And it seems as though God is denying them the possibility of giving this man a proper burial. How frustrating that must be when the Lord interrupts plans. Praise be to him, he has a reason for that, which we'll cover on Sunday. So they observe where Christ has been laid inside of a tomb. It wouldn't have been like a tomb like we understand them to be, where you would bury somebody into the ground. This would have likely have been a cave, something that would have been carved out of stone where you would be able to lay the body. And here the women have followed and know what tomb he's in, making a special mental note of where this is to be, which will prove important later on when they return. They've come back and they prepare as much as they can. But on the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. I was reading an article this week. It talks about this Saturday. Nothing seems to happen on Saturday. But God is very much at work, even in this moment. The Lord is to remain in this tomb and be dead for three days, again, as reckoned by sundown to sundown. He was alive on Friday, will be in the grave on Saturday, and will be alive after sunrise on Sunday, fulfilling this three days, just as he predicted would happen. Predicted just like it was with Jonah. As he was in the belly of the fish for three days, he was going to be in the mouth of the earth for those three days. But all they can do is wait. All they can do is rest. And find out what God means to do with this Savior who has died. I'm sure in the days that were following, this was a rather confusing experience. They had had all these ideas of what it is that the Lord was going to be, how he was going to work, and what they could expect. And here it seems like all of their hopes were completely dashed. Though if they had just remembered his words, they would know this was part of the arrangement as well. A heel needed to be bruised 
in order for a head to be crushed. Stripes needed to be put on a back so that wounds of ours could be healed. As tragic as it all seemed, all of this was the plan. All of this was necessary. Even so much that it could be said in Isaiah that the Lord was pleased to do it because of what he was going to accomplish with it. Amen.